0: Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook, and this is a talk based on John chapter 10, verses 22 to 33, where Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. The field next to the graveyard at All Saints at Compton often has sheep in it. When we go out there after a funeral to bury someone, there they are, grazing away. People often comment on it. They add to a sense of peace and tranquility. We like to see sheep in the fields. They're part of our idea of what countryside should be like. The reality is, of course, that looking after sheep is hard work. They're not very clever. They can't run fast. They haven't got the means of defending themselves. And they're very tasty to a range of predators. In the first century, when Jesus gave his famous talk about sheep and shepherds, the life of a sheep and of a shepherd would have been even harder. There were no fences or hedges, just open pasture. And the land was full of predators, from wolves, even lions, to poachers. The sheep would live with the shepherd who would migrate with them to find the best grazing land. At night, they would often be corralled into pens surrounded by thorns, several herds together, and the shepherd would sleep in the gateway, so nothing could get in or out without his knowledge. In the morning, the shepherd would stand at the entrance and call. His sheep would separate themselves from the others and come to him, and he would lead them, not drive them, to find grazing. The shepherd would know each one of his charges. He would know immediately if one of them had wandered off, He would sometimes be called upon to put himself between the sheep and a predator. All this would have been very familiar to the people of his day, as with the places in the Old Testament where the imagery of the shepherd is often used. The most famous of all the Psalms is number 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And there are denunciations in the Old Testament of the false shepherds who lead the people in the wrong paths. God is the good shepherd who will lead the flock to find pasture. It's part of the Messiah prophecies. So when Jesus used this analogy, he was tapping into something the people of his time were familiar with, and also making some very big claims about who he was and what he'd come to do. John records that this conversation took place at the Festival of Dedication in Solomon's porticade. The festival was a celebration of the rededication of the temple following the Maccabean revolt and Solomon's porticade was a place on the edge of the temple which Gentiles as well as Jews were allowed to enter. It's as if Jesus is saying there is going to be a new temple, a new focus of the meeting of God and people, which will include the whole of humanity. The Jewish leaders surround him and demand a straight answer to a straight question. Are you the Messiah? They are fed up with all these illusions and parables. They want Jesus to reveal himself and claim to be whoever he thinks he is. That way, they will have evidence to denounce him. Jesus says, I have told you and you refuse to believe me. The things I do by my father's authority show who I am. But since you are not my sheep, you don't believe me. My sheep know my voice and I know them. They follow me. The reason they don't understand, he says, is that they are not part of the flock. They have never learned to hear the shepherd's voice, so it does sound like gibberish to them. No matter what he says, they are not going to believe him. It struck me, as I was reading this again, that as far as Jesus is concerned, the key to understanding is believing You don't understand in order to believe, you believe in order to understand. If you wait until you understand before deciding if you believe, you will wait forever, because that kind of understanding is beyond us. But if you allow yourself to believe, even just a little, then with belief comes understanding. The questioners were trying to understand Jesus from a standpoint of disbelief, and that was never going to work they didn't recognise the voice of the shepherd because they were not part of the flock. Even when a man born blind is given his sight, they refuse to recognise the source of the power that healed him. They are more blind than he ever was. My sheep know my voice, says Jesus. The sheep learned the voice of the shepherd. He was their source of food and their protection. They instinctively knew the difference between his voice and that of a stranger. Their lives depended on it. These people did not understand what Jesus was saying because they did not recognise the shepherd's voice. Do you watch TV with the subtitles on? Lots of people do, and not just the hard of hearing. If you're in a very noisy environment, it can be hard to hear a single noise source amongst all the rest. People used to complain about the old-style hearing aids, that they just made everything louder. My granddad had one of those with an earpiece and a wire to a thing the size of a cigarette packet. And if you wanted to talk to him, you had to get hold of this thing and talk directly into it. The point I am making is that if you want to hear one voice, you sometimes have to silence the other voices. Rather like when you are surrounded by noisy children and you have to shout, one at a time, please. Now, Ellie, what did you want to say? If we want to hear God's voice, we will need to train our ears, just like a piano tuner will be trained to know when a string is perfectly in tune by listening to the harmonics, to the interval between the notes. It's not easy, but you can learn to do it. In the same way, We can learn to hear the Master's voice by carving out time when we tell other voices to be quiet. God does speak, but very quietly. We have to be attentive to listen. So shh! What can you hear? Noise from outside? even internal sounds, your own breathing, etc. And if you listen carefully, you're probably more aware of your body, the pressure of the seat against your back, the itch in your left ear. We need to give that kind of attention to God if we're going to hear him speak. When you make a bad decision, ask yourself how that felt when you made it. What was the quality of thought process that was going on? Then you're in a better position next time to think, I'm about to make a bad decision. When you make a good decision, and especially when you do something you later recognise was the result of being prompted to do it, ask the same question. What was going on when I decided to do that? Then next time it happens, you'll be less likely to ignore the prompting. You can learn to hear the voice of the shepherd if you're willing to try. Nothing shall snatch them from my hand, says Jesus. He's back to the thieves and the wolves again. The sheep stayed near the shepherd for their own safety. As long as they were in the fold, they were under his protection. But if they wandered off into the wilderness, anything could happen. We need to stay near the shepherd for our protection. imagine we don't need his protection we are fooling ourselves that's why we have those rather curious lines in the Lord's Prayer lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil just as the Shepherd would lead the sheep on safe pathways just as a ships pilot would steer the ship in deep water just as a parent would remove harmful objects out of a child's reach so the Good Shepherd steers us around the rocks of temptation and makes sure that when the challenges of life come we have the resources to deal with them. Sheep are good at wandering off. It's not unusual where I live to find them where they shouldn't be. It's not because they've formed an escape committee and dug a tunnel. They've not made a bid for freedom. They've just followed their nose from one bit of tasty grass to another and now they're in a place of danger. We do that. Maybe now is a good time to lift your head from the grass you've been chewing and look around you. Have you wandered off from the flock? Have you taken yourself out of the protection of the shepherd? Because it is a rough old world beyond the reach of his rod and staff. So there is Jesus in the shadow of the temple, surrounded by the religious leaders of his day, telling them these things. And what is their reaction? They want to stone him. They are so angry about what he's claiming, so deaf and blind to who he is, that they want to kill him, thinking they would be defending God's honour by doing so. They had the truth right in front of them, and they couldn't see it. And we fellow sheep need to make very sure that we are listening to the voice of the shepherd and staying within his protection and care. My sheep know my voice and I know them. They follow me and I give them eternal life so that they will never be lost. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father gave them to me and he is greater than all others. No one could snatch them from his hands. May God bless this word to us. Amen.